I tell you this every year, Vacation Bible School Sunday is, uh, it's, it's my favorite time. It is. As Johnny mentioned, it marks an anniversary for my family. So um, again, uh, seven years. Man, I've heard if you can stay someplace for seven years, you can stay forever. Uh, don't know if that's true or not, but we'll put that in the test and see what happens. But on behalf of Tanya and Emily and Micah, let me say thank you uh, for allowing us to be a part of this family and to be able to have the role that we have here at East Brainerd. It is truly a blessing to uh, ha- work alongside the staff that we have here and to serve with our leadership, and it is a blessing to be able to be involved in your lives in so many different ways. And so thank you from us. We are very grateful, and uh, we look forward, as you said, to the next 70 and 7 or whatever it turns out, whatever it turns out to be. Not only is it an anniversary time for, for me, but it's the time where, man, if you weren't excited to come to church, once you get out of the car, you couldn't help but be excited, right? I mean, where else can you go and get greeted by munchkins? I mean, you just can't do that just anywhere. Where munchkins welcome you into church, and not only, we had Dorothy and there was Toto. Did you see? I mean, we go all out. We're not, we get Toto to show up as well. Man, it is so exciting, and the look on all the kids' faces is what I love to see. Because they are so pumped to be here and to be a part because it's Bible school time. And we're going to be talking about the wonderful wisdom of God. Now, let me tell you a couple of things that we have to um, work through because of Bible school. Uh, As has already been mentioned earlier, uh, normally we have uh, classes all around our facility that we kind of break out and go to after our worship time. Uh, Because we're already transforming and have transformed some of those classes into vacation Bible school space, we're asking for uh, the adult classes that normally meet in our overflow, also in the children's area, and there on the track, we're asking for all those adult classes to stay in here. Now, our our Hispanic class in worship is going to be meeting in the, the overflow room, But all the other classes will be in here, and let me tell you, you are going to have a great time. You are. If you stay, you're going to have a great time because you get to hang out with me again, all right? I mean, we're just going to take just a few minutes. I mean, you get about 10 or 15 minutes of me right now, and then you get like 45 in a few minutes, all right? So it's going to be awesome. And we're going to be talking about the generations that make up our congregation celebrating. You're going to find out some things about our congregation that you didn't realize about the makeup of our congregation and how God has blessed us and how he continues to just pour out his grace and mercy upon us. So what we'll do, we finish up our worship time here. Uh, We're going to um, take a break. You can stand up and stretch and go uh, meet and greet a little bit. Then we'll all come back in here and we'll spend some time and some dialogue together with this idea of generations. Now, before all that happens, all right, before all that happens, uh, we are going to bring all those little kids that just left, we're going to bring them back in today. We're going to bring them back in after we close everything out in here. They'll be coming back in, and they're going to sit on these front areas, might even end up in the floor a little bit, and they're going to have a special, a special treat as our cast for Vacation Bible School will come and and invite them to Bible school. It's something they look forward to every year, and so that's going to happen, and so they'll be coming down the Yellow Brick Road, and so if, if, if you're here in the Yellow Brick Road area, just be warned, there could be some flying monkeys, there could be some scarecrows, you never know what you might see, but that's going to come up here just a little bit, a little bit later. 
all because of Bible school. And then finally, tonight, we're going to get together and kick everything off with food because that's really how you're supposed to kick things off. I mean, you eat. That's when you have a formal kickoff. And so we're going to do that tonight at 6 o'clock. And so that means that uh, we're not going to be having an overflow worship. Um, we're not going to be having uh, you know, our small groups. We're encouraging you to come and to be a part. Children's ministry is going to come and be here. And there's going to be fun things for the kids to do. We're going to have the food that's going to be in our Family Life Center. That's all going to be at 6 o'clock. And our fellowship ministry just says, y'all come. That's all you got to do. Just come and bring an appetite. Come and uh, just relax and enjoy kicking off everything with Vacation Bible School. And then, of course, the, all the festivities of Bible school will begin tomorrow evening and run through Wednesday night. Whew, man, a lot of stuff. My favorite Sunday. It's really, it's really awesome. Hey, if you haven't been with us this summer, we have been talking about this idea that you see on the screen called Life Squared. It is the idea that Jesus speaks the words of life, and because he speaks the words of life, he has life that we don't understand, that we haven't experienced yet. He says, I know that you're living, and I know that you've got this, this way that you go about your life. He says, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, that you might have it overflowing. And we've been learning what it means to have this overflowing life and, and what it looks like. We've gone through, through a lot of different ideas, but last week we kind of centered on this thought that Jesus is the message. That Jesus is the message. When God wanted to be able to communicate, here's what life looks like. Here's what life is to be. He spoke through the person of Jesus Christ. He spoke through his son. And so if you want to see how, how we should be treating others, you look at Jesus. If you want to see how someone should focus their life, you look at Jesus. If, if you want to see the way someone should humble themselves before the Father God, you look at Jesus because he is the message. He's the message of who God is. He's the message of what God is about. And he is the message of what life can actually be. Then we said that not only is Jesus is the message, but if he's the message, then that means we are the messengers. We are the ones that carry the message in our homes, in our schools, at work, wherever it might be that we go, we carry that very message with us. That is the message that we share. And if people want to know, what is the message that you have at East Brainerd Church of Christ? We have one message and one message alone, and that is Jesus, because he's the message. We are the messengers sharing the message. Now, if we're going to be those messengers... And if our life is going to be that, that is going to be lived in the footsteps of Jesus, then we have to spend some time actually listening to what the message has to say, right? It makes sense. And, and so what I want us to do, just for, just for a couple of minutes, I, I want us to go to a very well-known passage of Scripture. It's in your New Testaments. It's Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And I want us to, to listen to some things that Jesus had to say when it comes to, when it comes to living life. Now, we're, we're going to look at two bookends. The first is going to be in Matthew chapter 5, and then we're going to look in Matthew chapter 7. Now, Matthew chapter 5 says, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. 
Now he's going to go through this process of communicating something that becomes famous worldwide. We know it as his Sermon on the Mount. And it is a time where Jesus lays out, this is what life is to be. This is how it looks. This is how you interact with one another. These are those who are truly blessed by God. This is the way that you should be living. This is the way in which you should structure those things that go on in your life. And then when he finishes, it's really interesting. At the end of his message, you can flip over to chapter 7, it says the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority. Not as the teachers of the law. See, we started talking last week about this idea of how God desires to speak to us through Jesus. But there are so many other voices out there that compete for our hearing. And there's so many other things that we want to listen to. It doesn't matter if you go online and you search and you Google, you can always find something. It's television, it's newspaper, it's something that's happening at the office, it's the friends at school. There's all these different messages that are being put out saying, listen to me because this is what life is like. And this is what it means to be fulfilled. And this is what it means to have fun. And this is what it means to live life to the fullest. And God says, but I want you to hear my son. Even though there are all these different voices. And this crowd listened to Jesus. And they compared what Jesus had to say with the voices that they had been hearing. The voices of, of their teachers who had been saying, now this is what God wants for you. And, and this is what it means to be pleasing to God. And, and, and this is how you serve the Lord. And they compared those two things. And they said, there's something unique about Jesus' teaching. There's something unique about what I'm hearing. There's an authority there that is not, just not present in the lives of others. And, and that's what I want to encourage you. If you're a person that's just exploring Christianity, and if you're thinking about giving this Jesus guy a try, I want you to do this. I want you just to read the words of Christ. If you just want to focus right here, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And you want to spend the next week just reading through that. And I want you to listen to the things that Jesus is going to say in that message. And I want you to compare that then to the other voices that you hear in your life. And you decide which one speaks with greater authority. You might be surprised. What I want us to do this morning, I want us to go backwards. How many of you guys, anybody read the back of the book first? Any of you people do that? How many weirdos do we have here? Just, just go ahead. All right, we got, we got a few weirdos right there. Okay, we got some over here. You know, you read the back of the book first, and I don't know why you want to do that, right? That, that's like, here's another group of weirdos. Those of you that just read books, period. And here's why I say that. Um, yeah, I, here's why I say that. Why read the book when you can go watch the movie? I mean, that's my, that's my feeling, all right? I mean, Steve, you're, 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 you feel me, brother, right? I mean, I don't understand because if you read the book, then you already know what's going to happen in the movie, right? You don't know why people are like, oh, I read the book. I want to go see the movie. You really think you're going to be surprised? Because what happens if you get surprised? You walk out going, well, that was terrible. It was nothing like the book. I don't know why they made it, right? I mean, you're not happy if you get surprised. 
You want it to be the same as the book. Why go? So don't read. That's my lesson to you kids, all right? There you go. Um, that's the main thing I want you to remember. Just stop reading. That, that, you, you don't have to do that. Just go watch the movie. That's all you have to do. Watch the movie. We're actually going to start in the back. We're going to start in the back with, with something that Jesus said at the end of, at the end of his teaching. It was, it was read earlier, and I appreciate Sean doing that, and I want to focus our minds in, into this again. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice was like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Did you know that Jesus loves Bible school? He does. Because he ends his most famous sermon with a Bible school song. Here we go. Ready? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. Oh! The rains came down and the floods came up. Rains came down and the floods came up. Rains came down and the floods came up. And the wise man's house stood. All right. Isn't Jesus awesome, by the way? I mean, he just does vacation Bible school songs right in the middle of lessons. And you, you hear that, and you say, all right, yeah, I know. The wise man, he built his house on the, on the rock, and we, we, we get that. And we know what the foolish man did, right? You know what the foolish man all right. Foolish man built his house upon the sand. Foolish man built his house upon the sand. Foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down. Oh, rains came down and the floods came up. Rains came down and the floods came up. Rains came down and the floods came up, and the foolish man's house went. So you do know that story. We understand wise and foolish, right? If you're going to get a family picture made, you all dress similarly. It's a wise choice. You dress similarly and you smile and, and you just pose and everything looks great. That's a wise choice. Foolish would be bringing the family boa constrictor to the, um, to the time. Yeah, not, not very wise. Um, wise choice uh, during the summer, put on sunscreen, right? That's a wise choice. You go out and you put on sunscreen so you don't get, don't get burned. You don't want to um, have anything that just causes you to stand out and people go, woo, been out in the sun, haven't you? Or there's foolish choices. <laughs> now, earlier, uh, earlier this morning, um, Sean White reintroduced himself to the congregation uh, because apparently he's been up on a mountain 
So he says, um, <laughs> but I don't know that he sent me that photo at some point in time while he was gone and the head was cut off and I just wanted to, to put that back on there, put that back on there for you. We understand wise and foolish choices, right? We get that. Jesus said, listen, if you hear these words of mine and if you put them into practice, you're like the wise man. Built this house on the rock. But if you hear them and you don't put them into practice. So here's kind of humanity's approach to Jesus' message on the mount. It's kind of gone this way for centuries now. There's a group that says, everybody can do this. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how old. Doesn't matter how long you've been following after Christ. Doesn't matter where you're starting, where you're ending. Everybody can do this because Jesus says, do it. There's another group that said, church leaders can do this. Those who are spiritual, those who are holy, those who go off and separate themselves up in the mountains and, and go, um, they can do this. But the, the regular folk, the people in the pews, well, that's, that's just extra credit for the rest of us. Some have said legalists can try to do this. Yeah, you, you can try, and you can try to hold everybody to the teachings of Jesus and, and do everything just as Jesus said, but it only creates this legalistic barrier that people are unable to get through because nobody's ever able to obtain exactly it is what Jesus wanted to do, and to try to get everybody to do it just causes us failure. It might show us the need for grace, but you don't need to be expecting everybody to go around doing it. And then there's been those people who have just said, Nobody can do this. It's impossible. The things that Jesus had to say, those teachings, all that stuff. I mean, did you read about the pulling the eye out? Did you read about that, that whole having a plank there in your eye? And it just, you can't do this. You can't do it. I, I kind of lean towards something that G.K. Chesterton said concerning the Christian faith as a whole. He said, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and then left untried. Read through Jesus' message on the mount and all of a sudden the rubber begins to meet the road. And you don't know if you want to do that or not. See, here's was Jesus' approach to his message. you got two choices. You can hear and do, or you can hear and don't. Those are your choices. And then here is what Jesus says about you, depending on which you choose. You're either wise or foolish. That's Jesus. It's not me telling you. It's not your grandma talking about how that you made a foolish choice. It's, it's not your, your parents getting on to you. It, it, it's, it's not some Bible teacher saying, all right, listen, if you really want to be wise, you need to put the principles of Scripture into your life. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus saying, listen, hear and do, and you're wise. Hear and don't, and you're foolish. Which one are you? And the answer then is seen in our life. 
It's easy. The answer is seen in those things that we do. We either do what Jesus says or we do not. It's simple as that. And what's incredible is that when we come to the end of this lesson, Jesus, at the end of the day, his emphasis is all on doing. It's not on knowing. And for some of those, that's, or for some of us, that's a big bummer. Because we know the message on the mount. And we know the Beatitudes that are in chapter 5. And we know about the giving of alms in chapter 6. And we know not to judge in chapter 7. And we know where all these different things are found. We know this because we've had Bible classes on it. And we've had vacation Bible schools about it. And we've heard sermons. And we know what the Sermon on the Mount is. And Jesus says, great. But are you wise or are you foolish? He said, I didn't ask you if you were smart. See, there's a lot of smart Christians. A lot of smart Christians who know a lot of Bible. Who have a lot of things memorized. And who know exactly what Jesus says and what Jesus does not say. And Jesus says, that's great. But I just really want to know, are you wise or foolish? I don't care if you're smart. You either hear what I say and do it, or you don't. The emphasis is on the doing. You say, well, what is it that Jesus then wants me to do? Here's just a, a quick little summary. I mean, it's not even probably half the different things that are listed in the Sermon on the Mount. But you read through and you begin to realize, okay, Jesus doesn't want me to wear my religion on my sleeve. He doesn't want me going around flaunting the fact that I am holier than everybody else. And look at my prayer life and, and look at my Bible and, and look at my church clothes and, and look what all I do for the Lord. He wants us to live free of materialism, understanding that wherever we place our treasure, that's where our heart ends up going. He wants us to demonstrate integrity. And if we say we're going to do something, then we do it. And if we give our yes, then it means yes. He wants us to be quick to forgive. He wants us to be individuals who practice the art of making peace. Because he says, then we'll be known as the children of God. He, he wants us to, to care about our marriage relationships and not be, be quick to walk out and, and not be quick to push someone else aside. He wants us to stop worrying all the time. Start trusting in God that we say that we believe in. Because after all, do you really trust him for the future if you can't demonstrate that you trust him in the present? He says, why don't you let God be the one that decides right and wrong? Why don't you let God be the one that pronounces judgment? Let him be the one that sets up the criteria and not and not you. And why don't you be more prayerful? Why don't you try fasting every once in a while, Western society? And then when you're done with that, why don't you fast some more? And then why don't you pray some more too? And then if, if all this just sounds like I can't get my head around it, and I'm not for sure exactly, Lord, okay, you can just boil it down. What is it that you really want me to do? Why don't you just do to others the way you'd have them do to you? How about that? 
Just treat others the way that you would like to be treated. And that's just a snapshot of some of the things that Jesus teaches in Matthews 5, 6, and 7, that, that Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says, listen, you hear my teaching and you follow it, you're a wise person. And you built on the rock. You hear it and you decide to go off and do your own thing. Well, just know that you're going to be very foolish. And as the, the winds of life blow and as the storms come, that there is going to be a rocking of your foundation. And because your foundation is not set on the message, because your foundation is not found in me, then your house crumbles. Your relationships deteriorate. Your health begins to go down. Your financial issues get mounting and mounting. And all these different things take, begin to take place. Why? Because we're just foolish. And we hear the message of Jesus and say, yeah, but I think I'll go and live on my own. Maybe, you, maybe you'd prefer to hear from someone closer to our century. Maybe you hear from this guy. Do or do not, there is no try. Yeah, Yoda liked Jesus too. He said, but wait a minute, Chris. I, what about when I do, but then I, but then I don't? What about those times where I, 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 I get going in the right direction and I, I am more forgiving and I'm, I'm more peace-filled and, and then it just, everything goes off the rails. I like a quote from a guy named Samuel Beckett, Nobel laureate. He says, ever tried, ever failed. No matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. Everybody trips. Everybody trips at some point in time, but nobody, when they have tripped, has just laid there on the ground and said, that's it, I'm done walking. Don't do it that way. You get up. And you keep going again. Ever tried, ever failed. Try again, fail again, fail better. See, I think here is, here is why Jesus lays out those principles that are found in the Sermon on the Mount. It's because God expects us to show the world how Jesus does life. Here's how Jesus does life. Here's how he treats people. Here's how he focuses on God. Here's what he says matters. And by the way, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Do or don't. The choice is ours. Will you be wise? Or foolish. Let's pray. Father, we pray to be able to understand your wisdom, to be able to understand the way in which you look at this life of ours. Because we have our own map and we have our own way of, of doing. And we have all these voices that we desire to listen to. But Father, help us to understand your wisdom. Which simply says, 
This is my beloved son. Hear him. Father, will all the other voices in our life become muted? Will all of those things that clamor for our attention and that desire for us to recognize them, will they begin to fade away as the voice of your Son becomes louder and louder? I pray that the Spirit that is living within us would guide us in the footsteps of your Son. That we would listen to its leaning. That we would hear his call. Father, we desire to be wise. But first, we must understand your wisdom. Help us to sell out. Help us to go all in when it comes to listening to Jesus. And then doing what he says. For it's the wisest choice that we could ever make. Help us make that choice. We thank you for forgiving our foolish decisions. And for giving us an opportunity like today. To be reminded. of The way in which to walk. The way in which to live. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song together called Create in Me a Clean Heart. And it's that clean heart that God wants in each and every one of us. It's that clean heart that, that leads to that life that is squared and filled and, and abundant. And maybe you need to come this morning because that's the life you desire, but you've never given yourself over to Jesus Christ. Oh, you've heard, but you don't do. Maybe you'd like to respond to him saying, I know, that, I know that Christ has asked me to be baptized, and that's what I want to do. I want to be baptized today because I'm repenting of my sins, and I believe that he and he alone is Savior. Maybe you just need to come because it's been a long time since you've been to Bible school. It's been a long time since you've had the faith of a child, and there was a time that you heard and you did, but now you hear and you don't. And maybe you need to come saying, Lord, please. Restore my life. Create in me a clean heart. Whatever your need might be, will you come as we stand?